here at UCC Longmont. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And along with Reverend Sarah Verasco and the rest of our Sunday morning staff and volunteer team, I get to welcome you to this place. This is a community that we are building together, trying to live into God's dream of a community where all people are welcome. So know that however you are arriving this morning, whatever you are bringing with you this morning, whatever place you are joining us from, whether you are here physically in the sanctuary or joining us online, you are welcome here. And it is in the spirit of that community that we are building together that we also get to welcome one another. And so will you join with me in saying the words that are in your bulletin, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, Friends, as that welcome continues to settle into your heart and into your soul this morning, know too that you are beloved. And let that settle in you as well as we take some moments to simply breathe together. And in the spirit of centering prayer, you might find that it's helpful this morning to breathe in saying to yourself something like, I am beloved. And to breathe out saying to those around you and to those in the world, you are beloved. Let's take just a few breaths together and see how it moves in you. Know that that breath is available to you at any point throughout this service and throughout the week. And so if your mind starts to race out that door or if this week you're finding yourself caught up in a place where it's harder to find the belovedness, that breath is always available and the Spirit of God is always available. And so as our children bring in the we get to sing together. Let's rise in spirit and sing number 45.
We do have children's church this morning. Some of the kids may have already known that and have found their way out. Uh, all children are invited to children's church if they would like to. Toby Schultz is leading this morning. This sanctuary is a place for all ages and abilities, and children are welcome to stay in the sanctuary. There is a coloring table at the back, and there is a staffed nursery in this room in the back, if that is comfortable for you as well. Welcome back, Bell Choir. We've missed you. So we are con continuing in our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. And last week we did the line, forgive us as we forgive others. There's more to it than that, but that was the gist, right? So how are we doing on forgiveness? Is all forgiven now? <laughs> did you have a good week of practicing forgiveness? Offering and asking, I hope. I'll leave that there. Because now we're going to keep going. It really does get juicier, actually, this prayer. Now we're at Matthew 6.13 and what is also the second half of the verse, Luke 11.4. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Oof. Well, as the Hollywood star Mae West said, I generally avoid temptation unless I can't resist it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So what comes to mind for you when it comes to temptation? You can say it out loud if you want or keep it to yourself, but what, what comes to mind for temptation? Say that. Social media. Chocolate. Social, chocolate on sale on social media. <laughs> There's an old joke about two pastors in the back of the sanctuary and one confides in the other. It says, last week I found a wallet filled with money in the back of the church. And the other says, well, did you turn it in? And the first one says, well, I'm not sure if it's a temptation from the devil or an answer to a prayer. <laughs> so how do you know? I think temptation for each of us is going to be different. In Greek, the word for temptation is poneros, poneros. It probably has a little bit more Jersey and Italian than Greek in it from my way of saying it, but the word means a combination of temptation and testing. So, if Carol, who said chocolate, walks into a room that's filled with chocolate, she's going to feel tempted. Someone else, I can't imagine who, but someone else could walk in and be like, eh, meh, chocolate, meh. So what are the things that cause you to wonder or even say, I'm being tested? Because that's not a bad thing to say to yourself, because if it is a test, let's ace it, right? I'm being tested. What does that mean? It means I'm sort of getting to the end of my own sort of willpower or power, or this is hard for me. I'm wondering if I have the stamina or the strength for this. Deliver us not into temptation, but deliver us, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So there's a difference between temptation or evil, even though they can sometimes be a part of the same story. Deliver us from evil is a way of saying, free us from the snares, the power, and the temptations of evil. And the word for evil in Greek is diabolos, diabolos. It's not evil in a general sense. I'm guessing you'd probably rather talk about forgiveness right now. <laughs> Let's go back to that one. It's really personified. The devil also known as the adversary, the false accuser, the slanderer, and the tempter, depending upon different translations. There was a village, a remote village in Costa Rica that was having trouble with monkeys. The monkeys were coming into the village and foraging their food and taking it. So the villagers uh, strategically placed clever traps. They took a coconut and they emptied it out and they 
had a small hole in it, and they put food in. They knew which kinds of foods the monkey liked based on previous behavior. They tied a rope around it and tied it to a tree and just waited. Sure enough, the monkeys would come, and the hole was just big enough for the monkey to put its hand in it. And once its hand was inside, it grabbed onto the food, but then couldn't get its hand out. Clenched hand didn't fit through the small opening, and there's no way the monkey was going to let go of that food. And so the monkey would screech and holler and make whatever sounds monkeys make when they're frustrated. And that would be the key to the villager, like, oh, we got one. So they would untie the rope and move it to a remote place. No amount of struggle or fighting was able to release the monkey. Its own struggle and fighting, I should say. Couldn't, couldn't get that hand out. Temptation and deliver us from evil come together in a scripture story that's found two chapters earlier in Matthew's gospel. Anyone know what it is? Chapter 4, Matthew. It's a little Bible trivia. I used to go to something called Bible and Games. It was an evening activity on Wednesday nights, and the prize was always a huge chocolate bar. Um, Chocolate is definitely the theme of this service now. And there are treats for after church that contain chocolate. But back to the scripture that you had to know before you even got it. It was in chapter 4 that Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Remember that? Comes after his baptism. And the devil, the tempter or the adversary is there. Now, I think it's worth saying that temptation or these kinds of encounters um, with the adversary begin with small things. It doesn't start big. It doesn't start with a wallet full of money. It's sort of like the eclipse that many of you saw yesterday or heard about or You know, it's very slow and gradual, but it's an eclipse in extra slow motion. You don't need special glasses. And so here we have this story. And if you recall, there are three temptations, three encounters with the devil and Jesus. The first one is, and remember, Jesus has been in the wilderness for 40 days, a really long time. No food. No shelter that we even know of. He's depleted. It says he's famished. And he's vulnerable, because the wilderness is a place of unpredictability. So what does the tempter say? Turn these stones into bread. What does Jesus say? One doesn't live by bread alone, 
In other words, there's more to life than bread. Says the one who could feed the masses with two loaves or five loaves and two fish. Jesus also says, follow me and we'll fish for people. Again, there's more than food here that's being talked about. One for Jesus, zero for the tempter. I know some of you like to keep score. Second one takes him to a high place and says, throw yourself down. The adversary says, scripture says, you know, the angels will come and tend to you and you will not even dash your foot on a stone. The tempter and the adversary in this case is encouraging self-harm. Now you know that that can come in a lot of different guises. Go ahead, have another drink, you're fine to drive. It's just a little fentanyl, try it. I've had it a few times, not a big deal. Or to the diabetic, it's your birthday, have a big piece of cake and ice cream. So what if you just had pizza? Or worse, and I mean much worse. And there was a video that I was gonna show you, but I erred on the side of care because it's a video that could easily uh, be a trigger for many. And it's a ministry that's important to this congregation too. There was an ER physician and the American Academy of Pediatrics who teamed up. They wanted to do something with children and firearms because the physician was sick and tired of treating children with accidental injuries from firearms. And so what they did was they went to this place and they invited families to participate and each and every child was told that if you ever come across a gun in your home or in someone else's home, stop what you're doing, don't touch it, and run and tell an adult. Each and every one was properly instructed. So they hid decommissioned firearms in this room, left children in there to play, and the parents watched through a one-way window. Do you think that every child did as they were told? No, they did not. In fact, only one did, but it was only after finding the second gun. I don't know why anyone would be surprised at this finding. Kids are curious. We know this. That's why we hide certain things from them. Teenagers are curious. That's why we hide certain things from them. But hiding something isn't the same as locking it up in a safe. 
And so you know that we have made a commitment to giving away gun safes. We don't judge people for owning firearms, but we do ask that they lock it up, and that's exactly what the American Academy of Pediatrics is doing. Let's not test the child. Let's not leave the temptation there for the child to find. And if you can handle just one more layer of an example here, on Monday, John Parsons and I were out in the entryway to the church, and we knew that someone was coming at 11 o'clock. We didn't know who they were, but we were connected to them through raw tools. And we quite naturally just said, is there a story behind why you're turning in this firearm, why you want us to disable it for you? And there was a bit of bashfulness, which is understood, but what became clearer was that there was discomfort around the story, as there often is. And this person later explained that they had uh, been diagnosed with an illness and were receiving medication, and it was while they were on medication that they started to have these thoughts of self-harm. And so they even went to the point where, you know, the eclipse, it gradually was covering more and more of the sun because they said it was so easy to buy a gun, and then I bought ammunition, and then I, I came too close. So I looked up how to get rid of it. And this seemed to be the best offer because I bought it used and I didn't know if I went to the police station, what if it had been part of a crime? Or This happens every time we do a buyback. We hear from at least one person who says, I was afraid I was going to use it on myself. This kind of Temptation is not of God. These thoughts of self-harm are not of God. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Two for Jesus zero for the tempter. The third time, the devil takes Jesus up to a high place and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. A life of power and luxury, this will all be yours if you worship me. This is the great power of more. The greed of the elite few at the expense of the many, at, at the expense of all, really. Just a little more. This isn't the folks who are living paycheck to paycheck. These are the ones that can't stand not having more. And Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. 
And Jesus also says, for what will it profit them if they gain the whole world but forfeit their life? Jesus said, be gone, Satan. I'm not going to fight with you. You have no power over me. Jesus 3, devil 0. And what happens at the end of that story? The devil departs and the angels come in. The one who knew temptation intimately and evil firsthand teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us, free us from evil. If you were watching the eclipse, you know that it does not end in darkness. It keeps moving. And either do the teachings and practices of faith. They do not end in darkness. And they only become familiar as they are pondered and put into practice. It's not just something to make sense of here, it's something to live and practice. The wallet and the monkey trap? The answer to both is turn it over, isn't it? Turn in the wallet. And let go of what appears to be a prize, but it's really a trap. All the monkey had to do was let go of the food and its hand would come back out. You see, before the wilderness was the baptism. And while the baptismal waters were still dripping from his beard and his long dark hair, Jesus heard the words, this is my beloved. With him I am well pleased. Perhaps that's what strengthened him and what gave him the endurance and what nourished him for those 40 days and beyond. Perhaps that's what allowed him to focus on the ways of life and not be tempted or ensnared by the ways of death. Friends, you, as Reverend Amelia already said, you are God's beloved. Don't be trapped into thinking otherwise. We're gonna to turn to a time of prayer. It's gonna start with music, but then after we've sung this hymn, I want to invite you, if you, if you can look at your bulletin, and, um, and this will also appear on the screens at home and in the sanctuary or wherever you are today. You're gonna to see two versions of the Lord's Prayer and after we sing, I want to invite you to sit with these versions, and I'll give you more instructions after that, but just, just be ready. First, let's rise in spirit and sing.
It's number 61. Thank no, you. Not 161. 61 in the same. Oh, perfect. Thank you. also willing and able to stir up within us ways of life and love, helping us to see the ways that we may not be recognizing invitations and gifts. And so I want to invite you to spend some time with these prayers, the traditional prayer on the left, a different version on the right, and I want you to mark this up and maybe come up with a third version because the aim here is to have a version that you will use and pray and that the gifts of this prayer may take root within you as a way of ordering our steps and centering our lives. So beloved, let us pause in this time of prayer and see what the Spirit will do as we contemplate and ponder these versions.
remembering that the traditional version is meant to be a springboard into faith, not, not a hindrance or a barrier. So be free to adjust the language or not. Let's put a pause on this for now, but I hope you'll return to it until you have a prayer that you can say on a regular basis with the understanding that even that can change. I will tell you that the first time I was invited to play with the prayer, in other words, to allow language to shift, I chose not to. It wasn't until many years later that I wrote a different version. There's no right or wrong here. But let's join together, let's join our voices in the oldest version that we have on the left, just as a reminder of where we've come from and maybe where we are, but also a reminder that we can move to a different place with language. Let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, Jesus, who says to us, you are beloved, and who also says to us, let your light shine, is the same Jesus who taught his disciples that when they go out into the world, they should greet one another saying, peace be with you. And so we get to practice in this community of faith, greeting one another in this way and extending the peace that we know to all. And so I invite you to take a few moments to greet those who are near to you with a hug or a handshake or maybe just a peace sign and offer them the peace that we know this morning. Peace be with you.